I didn't get together any cool intros today, guys. Neither did I. I just realized that I was like, shit, I didn't. You yeah. know. Oh, man, That's pressure's right. on. I know. Oh, Maybe shit. I can try. It's going to come up off the top of the head. If anyone can wing it, I trust you guys to do it. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> the true test, the true oh. test right here. There was a reason that I did not go past Improv 101. <laughs> you and me both. And one, one class of improv. Yeah. Yes, and? No. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Murder Husbands, an episode-by-episode episode deep-dive appreciation of the Brian Fuller-created series Hannibal, based on characters from the novels by Thomas Harris. We are Popsicle, a group of like-minded creators who enjoy getting together to have big conversations for big stories. I'm Kelly Subolano, and this is my beautiful congested voice. <laughs> <laughs> With me, as always, are my Popsicle co-hosts, my glorious associate, Lisa K. Weber, she is a wild one, and she likes wild fun. <laughs> Both also, true statements. Thanks, Kelly. She is also co-creator of Eleven and co-owner of X Comics. Hey, Lisa. Hi. Hi. Justin Peniston, writer of the hard-boiled uh, comic web series, not web series, web comic series, Hunter Black, also a writer on Netflix's Sonic Prime. Sonic Prime! <laughs> he was the lone gunman on the hill. In <laughs> Peniston. <laughs> Should have gone with, he was my brother bear. <laughs> um, next up is Claire Thorne, author of a Geek's Guide to Cross-Stitch, Journeys in Space. She's got an adorable Etsy store. She loves all things NASA. She will take you to infinity and beyond. Claire, yeah. 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 She's like, yes, I, mm -hmm. yes, I will. And beyond. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Yes. And lastly, but never leastly, the man who breaks up fights on the Hollywood Metro, he is our producer. He is a comedian, actor, writer. He picks up creepy shit off the sidewalk. <laughs> it's Philip Kelly. Yeah. That was me winging the intros, by the way. That's, that's that good. was fantastic was, uh, work. Kelly. Well done. Was it fantastic? Yeah. Please, Phil, <laughs> tell me more about the weird ass doll. I, I named her Eileen. No. So, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, she's got a name. <laughs> I'm not keeping her in my apartment. She's she's down in storage uh, right now. <laughs> you took her home with you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize you took her home with you. Yeah, yeah. You deserve a everything that's coming to you. She was there three nights in a row and just sitting You're there, asking so. for it, you know? There you go. so. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. So, anyway. <laughs> this will be Philip Kelly's last podcast episode with Popsicle. <laughs> we'll have it's a post-mortem in we a couple will. of weeks. <laughs> so before we dig into our actual discussion, mm -hmm. Philip and Claire will take us through a quick recap of this week's episode, Asun. 
We open with Will Graham watching and conducting his own execution. He wakes up just in time to go to his actual trial for crimes he didn't actually commit. Then we're treated to a truly glorious montage of Hannibal and Will getting dressed for court. One of them is sad and the other is super sensual. You guess which one's which. Cuts to the courtroom. The prosecutor is dressing Will down in a truly devious way using post-mortem photos of his alleged victims because she sucks. Luckily, Will is represented by Brower, aka Sadavir Ehrenreich, who presents much less cheese dick in this timeline with a lot of sassy lines and inward eye rolls. Jack paces nervously in the hallway outside the courtroom while getting a talking to from Cade Purnell about representing the beliefs of the Bureau or whatever. And Hannibal sits in the courtroom watching all of his puppets play out his grand schemes. You can tell he's enjoying himself because his day in court outfit is right out of My Fair Lady and wow, the drama. Everything is pretty bleak until someone mails Brower and ear. Turns out it belongs to our newest victim, Will's bailiff, who was found shot through the heart, mounted on a deer's head, and burned in a fire set off by a tripwire. Plot twist, someone is trying to prove Will's innocence. Everyone scrambles to figure it out, which by now is hilarious because all, all of us are like, do you actually not know who it is? Broward dumps a very waffly Alana as a witness and brings in Hannibal, whose testimony is quickly thrown out by the judge, and we all know what's coming next. The judge is found hanging in the courtroom, the top of his head sawed off, holding his brain and his heart on a set of scales. Sorry, Judge, you shouldn't have been talking shit. <laughs> yeah. Shot through the heart. I, mean, I just sang that and I know that. that. Yeah. It was <laughs> my design. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a lot that goes on in this episode. It was actually kind of a difficult episode to summarize because it's one of those episodes where a lot of stuff is being revealed in conversations, not so much in action. Um, that being said, lots of juicy stuff. We've got a courtroom drama on our hands, y'all. Full blown. We've got some new players, Brower, Wendy Vega, what a firecracker, <laughs> Judge Davis, not really much of a player, but he's a big part of the story. <clears throat> more pronounced Katie Purnell and some costumes. Hello, Freddie Lowndes. Whoa. <laughs> she was rocking Coming the hat, in here no like a black widow. Yeah. I just want to say real some... quick, we talk about the costumes a lot, but we never talk about the man behind the magic, Christopher Hardigan. And hey, this Chris. episode in particular, I was like, dude. Uh, yeah. We're Ostentatious. Nailing yes. it. Ostentatious <laughs> yeah. is the word. It's amazing. This is animal suit with that, that tremendous suit. tie. That was <laughs> that was Chef's Kissy. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. This it was, is it was other kinds of kissy Mount too. Rushmore for sure. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Can I just tell you how much I love that they included him zipping up his pants? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I was noticing every detail. I tried to watch. I was a little late last night when I tried to watch the first of these two episodes and I waited a little too long. It got a little too late. Again, my edible kicked in right at that scene. And I was like, okay, 
I need to turn this off right now. (laughs) (laughs) I need to keep that in my head while I go nine, nine. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It was nothing like Hannibal zipping up his pants to just send you right over Mm. the edge. All it takes is the, the, the the adjusting of the tie. I don't, I hope men understand that that movement, the adjusting of the tie, like yeah. Um, you know, I think that us ladies should have an entire other episode mm. just about this um, side-by-side getting dressed montage mm-hmm. uh, because we could probably talk about it for a long time. Anyway. Yeah. We could call yeah. it exquisite living corpse. Mm. It was. Ooh, just it was exquisite. Exquisite sexy corpse. It really was. So anyway, the, uh, along anyway to- on to the next the part. Yeah, sorry. About. <laughs> The costuming and it's reflected kind of in that scene actually yeah um is how the costuming how three different suits spoke volumes about three different characters oh yeah you know how will looked like a little boy wearing his dad's suit a little bit you know what mm-hmm. i mean how um how jack looked just north of professional he was Mm -hmm. he stepped up his game a little bit with the you know the orange shirt and the the matching tie for court right and then hannibal fucking resplendent (laughs) in red and black plaid with a red and white you know floral tie oh my god you know it was and it spoke to each of them so well and, yeah. and so quietly you know what i mean it was i actually was super impressed by that and i notice it every time i've seen that episode from the first time yeah. to yeah. you know these last two times when i just exactly realized. if you're curious about who you need to look to when there's a murder afoot find the guy that looks the most like the phantom of the opera <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be headed in the right direction direction anyway We've already started talking about all of it, which was going to be this first question of mine, but basically it is, what are your initial thoughts about kind of a new format that we're dealing with, with the courtroom drama, a little bit of a new tone and the goings on in general are very, um, it almost feels like the opening episode. It's not, it's not the episode that opens the season, but it kind of feels that way. Um, Additionally, what do you think is the meaning of the scene that opens at all? Will executing himself. Let's dive in. Who wants to start? Well, my first thought is that the first two parts, the first two episodes, which are kind mm-hmm. of a, a single story, right. are sort of a transition from season one to season two. They're setting up, they're showing you this is what sure. the status quo is now. You know, yeah. Will is incarcerated, Hannibal's working with the FBI, and oops, there's still nine million ser- serial killers in the DC metropolitan area, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and and also, by the way, um, Will is forming new alliances and new relationships. Mm. You know, his relationship with Chilton is, you know, going back and forth. Um, his relationship with Beverly is changing a little, you know, because she's agreeing to help him, mm. you know, um, as long as he helps her, you know? Mm. And, and also they're sort of tapping into, I guess, because we're in that silence of the lambs location, you know, in, in silence of the lambs, you know, what did Hannibal keep saying while he was in 
that sell was quid pro quo claris, mm-hmm. you know, this for that. And there's a lot of this for that going on with Will yeah. while he's here. Um, don't say that much of my name in that that. <laughs> yeah, voice. Oh, I mean, sorry, <laughs> um, Clarissa. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, Will Graham executing himself at the opening, like it, it was a holdover from the basically the last line of the previous episode, where Katie Purnell tells him that they're going to be seeking the death penalty, and I think it's a reflection of Will's fears. You know, how this could go bad. My, my plan could go very awry and I could end up killing myself. Um, that struck me as a touch indulgent on the part of Brian Fuller and the, and the, the, the producer, the production team. Like, I don't know that I loved that as much as I love most of the vision sequences, but I ain't mad at it either, you know. Sure. I... I... I disagree. I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love the kind of like, I thought it was in, t- in total keeping with the show to kind of have this like really gnarly vision of the um, electric chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, the leather mask that he was wearing and everything. I mean, it was, I thought that was really, you know, in keeping with like the kind of like dark visceral nature of the show and to kind I mean I I know that I like my initial kind of thought was the same that it's like oh he he's envisioning like what could go wrong and that he could be responsible for his own death by making a mistake at some point like during the trial but then I went back to like what Kelly was saying Kelly Sue was saying about um like the the exquisite corpse of the end of season one, which is Will Graham, that it's a version of himself that's being killed off here. Um, mm. And so I wasn't thinking of it quite as like, I wasn't thinking of it as, as just having a singular meaning. I was, uh, that, that's kind of what I was thinking too, Lisa, was that he was sort of killing a part of himself that he needed to kill in order to get through this. Um, mm. It, it, it I feel like that's uh, he's come he's come to that point where he has to he has to like uh, he has to stop waffling as a person and, and commit to a direction or a path and, mm-hmm. and, and can't just keep letting the tide pull him along you know what I mean um, which I feel like he did a lot of that in the first season which is what got him into a bigger mess than probably what he wants to be in yeah um probably yeah i kind of saw it as like another a new layer of will's becoming mm. to borrow the language of content um because it spoke to me like symbolic of him trying to take back control like he's the one that's you know, the version of him that's actually, you know, cranking the lever is very competent and, you know, he's not reluctant or anything like that. He's very much like, oh, I'm doing this, right? Um, and that kind of harkened back to the conversation that we were having about how Hannibal and Will are like becoming each other. <laughs> And now Will is in a position where he's the one who's trying to control all the players now. 
and Hannibal is the one who's you know dressing up fancy and going to court like it's not the only thing he's got going on today you know <laughs> um so I thought it was interesting in that way but Claire what did you think you've all said such astute things and you've cleared me several times here and that's fine um we have I deserve it it is my Claire. turn <laughs> I'm just I yeah I'm still thinking about Freddie Lowndes' hat. You're really saying something when you put a hat on that kind of hair. It's delightful. Um, no, I, I agree. I agree with kind of everything. And I, I probably, um, what really strikes me about season two coming out of season one is the pacing of the episodes. And I think that's very deliberate as well because we move from, you know, the kind of on the go, a bunch of people doing stuff, everybody's got something to say to uh, just the tone being this very, almost kind of like I, I see a picture in my mind that's just like very slow couples dance. Really slow A lot burn. of just like languid movements. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a, I'm bored in this episode. It And it, it's marked mostly for me by, the change in dialogue and how people are talking. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is, is really slow rumination, um, philosophizing and, and, and conversation chess, right? It's, it's mm. me or will me. Wow. That was Freudian. It was, um, <laughs> it's will Ooh. and Hannibal having conversations. It's Will and Alana having conversations. It's Hannibal and Jack having conversations. And it it's fascinating to me that a show can choose to do that, to make this drastic shift in tone and the way they're presenting the story um, and have it feel very much like this is because of where the, the characters are in the story at this moment. Will is incarcerated and he cannot go take the action and he's not ready to take the action yet um, that he will want to obviously take. So he's having to transition to that. So everything mm -hmm. you've said, everything everybody has said so far about this episode absolutely I think ties into that just feeling um, mm -hmm. about the, the overall tone of the show. Completely. I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> again, so much happening, but so little happening in this episode. And I loved what you mentioned about the slow nature, this very kind of like smoldering that's going on. Um, and the differences in Hannibal, we've talked about this already with the last two episodes, right? But seeing this kind of continue on with Hannibal being in this observational kind of place in this episode, even maybe more so than the first two episodes, um, it kind of had me thinking that Hannibal's um, like machinations have this sort of, they're like the metronome. They've got this very <laughs> pendulum-esque um, swing between being a very penetrating force in the world and being receptive. Um, he drives a wave of action and then steps back to see it, like how it's all gonna roll back out. 
do you think that that's part of, do you think this is part of his overall scheme here? Because Hannibal's definitely at work in these episodes, right? Like he's definitely at work in this whole sort of like new legal world or does it feel like he is starting to lose control a little bit and Will is kind of, Will is sort of like stationing new in the chess game between the two of them. I feel like part of Hannibal's joy that he gets in this is watching the chaos unfold a little bit. Mm. Like, like he'll, he'll set something in motion and then watch. And yeah, like he'll watch that chaos and see what comes of it and then reintegrate himself to redirect the patterns again in the way he mm -hmm. wants to. I, as clever as he is, like things have gotten out of his hands a couple of times because of the chaos uh, in general, yeah. like Will Graham making decisions that he wasn't expecting and then just mm -hmm. having to kind of roll with it. Um, and I think in a large way, that's, I mean, what's happening now, like he's sort of stepping back and, you know, playing 52 mm -hmm. card pickup, you know, there are all the cards. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go in and, and grab the cards I need and, and create a hand again, you know? Right. Uh, so it's, it's, a. Uh, it's fun and interesting to watch him sort of dip in and out of the, of the pattern. Totally. I see this like rotating target all of the time in my head watching the show. It's just, mm -hmm. and especially in this courtroom because you've got everybody there. Right. And who, what circumstance, who's going to say what, and what's going to happen that's going to cause someone, the next person to have the target um, on their head. And I think this episode, it's just, it really highlights that a lot. And, and I don't, again, I go back to my theory of Hannibal being not always in specific, this is A to B to C to D control, mm -hmm. but always being able to go, oh yeah, I've foreseen G and H and, and we might jump to H and then I'm going to have to bring it back to E. That's a possibility. I, yeah. I think he's ready I think he's ready, but Will truly is the only one who, and that's why he's engaging with this, right? Like who else mm -hmm. has ever presented um, the unknown to him? He is, yeah, yeah. He, I, it's, I'm, it's an, an extra level of the game. It's like finding a new yeah. video game that that levels you up for, you know. Well, and that's really interesting because I also felt that. Hannibal's love of Will really starts to come out in this episode. Ooh, man. Like big... that glass case of emotion that they were in. Ooh boy, I loved that scene wow. so so much. Oh my god, Hannibal was he was coming off as so earnest, uh -huh. and Will is still. I mean, I know Will's playing this game right now of like, oh, Hannibal, help me. Yeah, <laughs> but in that scene in the glass case it was like it was like will's kind of like hatred was like just barely veiled yes. you know and to have the juxtaposition of like will feeling this like like i'm feeling this hate coming off of will and feeling this earnestness come from Hannibal was, oh man that's that's my happy heartbreak oh my god place no it was but Oh, go on. Yeah. The line where Hannibal says, are you going to let his love go to waste? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Like Hannibal knows that he knows. Yeah. And you so know? I, yeah. And so 
like that whole scene. I loved it so much. And yeah, yeah I, but at the same time that I'm like seeing Hannibal's earnestness and then, you yep. know, how it played out when he went into court to try and be like, oh, this is Will's new defense. Mm. Um, I think that I think he's still playing the game. I think he's like it, the chess metaphor is very accurate. And like what Claire was saying, like like being able to predict all these future kind of steps and mm -hmm. that's how chess works it's like you know you have a plan based on what's on the board and then your opponent moves makes a decision and moves something here maybe you didn't expect it you have to just come up with a new strategy and I think Hannibal right. is operating that way all the time so mm -hmm. it is kind of like oh let me see let me see if if I do this move I can see mm -hmm. the end game and then no matter what the other person does, it's like, okay, well, I may need to adjust my initial plan, but I'm still winning at the end, you know? And so I kind of still feel that he is, that Hannibal is still kind of like controlling all of this stuff. And it's yeah. that 3D chess that they play in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, I picture. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's, um. Hannibal, so Will has Hannibal, he has him pegged insofar as he knows that the thing that drives Hannibal is, you know, beyond Will himself, which mm -hmm. I'm not sure that Will completely understands yet, um, is that Hannibal is curious to see what will happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Hannibal, I think, you know, Claire had it right in that Hannibal foresees a number of possibilities mm -hmm. and you know and and prepares for all of them as best he can you know at least mentally um and the thing about this particular chess match is that this is a chess match where one of them makes a move and the other makes a move but in this episode someone lets a cat walk across the board mm -hmm. because the arrival of the ear and the, the murder of the bailiff are not anticipated by either one of them. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I think that's why Hannibal in the privacy room, the glass cage, gets so earnest because he this is an unforeseen possibility that mm -hmm. someone else would show up and sort of take credit for the murders for which Hannibal has framed Will. Because, and I think when Hannibal says to Will, I want you to get out of here, you know, I want you out of here, that's a genuine feeling. He does want Will out of there, you know? Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, this isn't his, th this situation isn't Hannibal's ideal situation, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, in my notes, I actually, the, the first line of my notes is, this killer wrote you a poem where you're going to let his love go to waste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think Hannibal is referring to the cat that just walked across the board. Sure. But he's also speaking for himself. He's yeah. also, he's, I mean, that line refers not just to the murder of the bailiff, but also to everything that has happened on this show so far <laughs> has been a poem written to you by a killer. Yeah. Are you going to let his love go to waste? By a um, killer. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I do feel Hannibal's earnestness in this moment you know it's it yeah. feels very genuine to me and yeah. even in the privacy room it's interesting how they speak a certain amount of code to each other hannibal will not 
confess to anything that he has not already confessed to and will will not drop the facade that he's currently acting with but they're both looking at each other through the veils you know mm-hmm. oh, it's exhilarating <laughs> Oof, man that was a good one <laughs> That's a really good one i had another i tracked another line was it oh i want you to believe in the best of me like i believe in the best of you Mm-hmm. And I was just good like, one, Kelly Sue. I had written that one down too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so much love. It's when such a healthy relationship. When he's <laughs> testifying and he says he's my friend. Yeah. I mean, he's just his love for and Will always is, will be. Yes, and always mm-hmm. will be. His mm-hmm. love for Will is oozing out in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. So much. <laughs> well, this episode was. I, I, I almost wish that we did hot takes because I had Me so too. many just hot takes from this episode. Me too. What were you going to say, Justin? I'm going to say one of my hot takes that just ah, was inspired okay, cool. by, by what, just because like Hannibal, Hannibal's wearing his heart on the sleeve, like you say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then when the judge decides to rule that defense inadmissible. And then you know we cut to hannibal sitting in his office and i just my hot take was no one does butt hurt like mads mickelson <laughs> he's so butthurt he's he so unhappy because and, and because this is this is a hannibal who had hope for an outcome like he wasn't curious he was desirous he didn't want to see yeah. what would happen. He wanted to create what would happen, and he's not getting his way. Mm-hmm. And then, as a result, something right. else is about to happen. You know, <laughs> I would love to do a supercut of all the scenes where Mads is staring longingly at Will's empty chair, <laughs> <laughs> all back to back to back to back, because they're all just gorgeous. And butthurt That's is the so perfect great. word. Oh, he's so butthurt. He's yeah. just He's so like, butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, he's, he's dignified pouty, but he's super pouty. Completely. You know, completely he's pouty, pouty in a three-piece suit. He's pouty in a three-piece suit. Um, that's the title of the I think episode. that's kind of yeah, a perfect place <laughs> nice. to go to break. <laughs> pouty in a three-piece suit, everybody. We're going to be back with more pouty in a three-piece suit. So stick around, um, listen to these messages from some messengers, and we will catch you on the flip side. We're back. Talking more Hannibal. Um, Okay, so we know what happens to the judge. He gets hoisted by his own petard. Pretty gloriously, I if think. Ever anyone was hoisted by a petard of their own design, it's this fucking judge. It's this dude. <laughs> the second he says, "I'm ruling this as inadmissible," I was just like, "You just kissed yourself goodbye, my friend." <laughs> because what Hannibal just said was glorious, mm. unbelievable. So. <laughs> Do we think, do you think that Hannibal had planned on killing the judge to lead us to a mistrial? 
or did he decide it when the judge was like, I don't like this testimony, toss it. I think that was an emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Me too. I mean, I, I don't think, I think he would have preferred not to have killed the judge. Okay. I think that would, I like it. you know, I think because that invites scrutiny that he doesn't necessarily want, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. I mean, he can handle it because he did it, you know, but I don't think that was his first choice, no. You don't think that maybe he was like, hmm, maybe I could take out another one of these efforts once the ears <laughs> showed up. And he Well, I think like, that provided oh, an opportunity, yeah. And I think, yeah, you know, yeah. and I mean, he even tailored it mm-hmm. so that people would think that the person who killed the bailiff killed the judge because he shot him. Yeah. And right. I don't think Hannibal's ever shot anybody before, you know? Um, I don't think so. And yeah. So, I, I mean, I you know, it, but again, Hannibal's murders are super controlled, super, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they talk about it. There's a line of Science of the Lambs where we talk about him attacking and killing someone, and his heart rate never goes above 85, you know, like he's. <laughs> right. He, he's. He does a lot of cardio. You know, he just, <laughs> yeah, you know. He's not, um, he, he's not a, a killer of passion. Sure. He's a killer of reason, strange as that mm-hmm. may sound, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, and also the fact that we got to see Pouty in the three-piece suit mm-hmm. just before the discovery of the body yeah. tells me everything I need to know about how that decision was made. You know what I'm saying? That decision oh, yeah. was made sitting in that chair, looking across mm-hmm. At his, at, you know, at Will's empty spot, you know. Completely, yeah. I have to admit, the very first time I watched this episode, and I'm curious if you felt this way, Phil, watching this episode. Hmm. I thought for sure it was going to be Vega. I thought he was going to go after the prosecutor um, because she was being sassy as fuck and not was. in a good way. She was. She was. Um, I guess. I guess uh, it, it actually. The murder of the judge caught me by surprise in like that just caught me by surprise in general um i I didn't see it coming uh though i kind of did like the the moment he says what he says on the on the stand you see hannibal's face do that lizard blink (laughs) and you're like oh no (laughs) i guess something bad's gonna happen um but still though when they came in and you see the judge i was still kind of caught by surprise uh uh, which um i mean great great on the show uh yeah uh yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of agree that uh, this is probably not the choice Hannibal wanted to make, but uh, yeah. But he well, makes it with yeah, gusto. He does. He really yeah. does. He really does. Yeah. I find yeah. it interesting, like the the way Justin said, it was an emotional reaction, mm-hmm. which as we know, is not a place that Hannibal usually operates from, except when it comes to his heart, Will Graham. Exactly. And as we've been talking about so much up until this point, he's been probably the most emotional in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also have to say, and I know I'm jumping ahead and I don't want to take away from what will be a truly exquisite, exquisite corpse this episode, but the murder of the judge very much was a callback for me to Silence of the Lambs. For it sure. reminded me very much of, I don't know who the guy was. One of Hannibal's the guys. Escape. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hannibal's yeah. Escape, where he strings up the dude with the flag and all of that. I was like, this is giving me some very 
Anthony Hopkins style vibes and I dig it. I love the way that this show pays homage to the films. It's really awesome. <clears throat> so, I mean, mm -hmm. this is kind of where we end, getting ready to go into Exquisite Corpse. There's this, two. This so is I would feel I would feel very good about transitioning into Exquisite Corpse now because there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Exquisite Corpse is my baby today. Yes, and, it is. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you just made that reference not to the science. Literally, your baby. Yes. We need to clarify that. that it's my murder is baby. Not literally your baby. Okay. Murder baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um, that Science of the Lambs reference. You have, because in that scene, you have this incredibly displayed dead guard up in the air. But there's another guard right there on the ground, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who's also, you know, grievously wounded, but it, it, totally mundane, just a dude on the ground. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's almost what happens in this episode because we have two bodies. And the first body, while definitely displayed, is almost mundane by way of repetition, you know? And mm -hmm. because the, the body of Andrew Sykes, the bailiff, um, well, first of all, you know, this was intended to be like a playlist of sorts, you know, because it's showing all of the ways in which uh, Will has been accused of murder, you know, all the murders oh, yeah. in which he's accused of, of committing, you know, Dr. Dr. Sutcliffe's face, Georgia Madison's burns, um, Cassie Boyle mounted, and Marissa Shore mounted on antlers. Um yeah. And this calls back, this first body calls back to the first episode of the show uh, because it illustrates just how, I always think of Hannibal as kind of like Speed Racer in that in, in the show Speed Racer, racing is what the world turns on. It, everything is about racing. Racing is the most important thing in the world on that show. And it feels in Hannibal like, Killing people is really the most important thing in the world. And it, it rotates on that. And if you want to make a point, if you want to prove a point to someone, kill someone and it'll pick your, and you can illustrate your point that way. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens here. And again, and it's so, it's, and I don't know if this is a, a commentary on the real world or just a, a facet of the show, but our cast of characters is so steeped in death that death is used simply to make a point. Um, uh, repetition is key to the show's concept of a serial killer mm -hmm. it is motif, it is theme um, even Hannibal who kills in all kinds of ways has a motif and there is a repetition to what he does, organs taken for consumption, staging that denigrates and belittles, you know like all, like that is and so that's all kind of wrapped up here in this repeated you know, murder of Andrew Sykes and Georgia Manchin, Andrew Sykes and Dr. Sutcliffe, Andrew Sykes and the two girls from Minnesota. Um, but that's only the first corpse, the boring corpse, you know. <laughs> boring um, corpse. I have to say here too, that I think you're probably the only person in the universe who could draw a parallel between Hannibal and Speed Racer. 
And I love, I love love it. That's so much. That parallel was expertly drawn. (laughs) Well, you know, my brain is often just a little weird. Um, But yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's how it is. You know, I, I, I think, but thank you. Um, uh, The second tableau, the judge, the only repetition there is in the gunshot, you know, um, and unlike the death, the death of the bailiff says nothing about the bailiff. You know, the death of the judge here is all about the judge and what he has done. It is retributive. It is punitive. It is, you know, a criticism of the judge's ruling against Aaron Wright. You know, and, <laughs> you know, big ups yeah. to Aaron Wright. Sean Doyle's my yeah, man. Yeah, Sean Doyle. Good to see you again. Hey, Sean Doyle. Doyle. Nice Hi, to Sean see you. Sean Doyle, <laughs> my birthday present. Good to see you again. Okay. <laughs> and some of the best lines in this episode, by the way. Yeah. Oh, part yeah. of my hot takes that I'll Incredible. save for later. Let, no, yeah. you know, I think I got your mail is one of the lines of the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is telling that the very next time we see Will Graham, after we see the judge's body, he has a vision of the Raven stag and not a vision of the weird freaky Hannibal you know, version of the Raven stag, but the, the animal itself and of Hannibal returning to him, returning him to his cell. Um, with this murder, Hannibal is distancing himself from the murder just a touch because he used a gun, because he's trying to make it seem as though he is Will's quote unquote fan. Um, but you know, at the end of that scene where Will is talking, I mean, when Hannibal's talking to Jack, he's basically admitting, look, you know, this isn't the copycat. It can't be, you know, I feel like St. Peter rejecting somebody for the third time, you know, and he's sort of slamming the door on Will and Will knows it. Will sees it, you know, um, and that's what I got. There's not a lot of symbolism necessarily in these murders that isn't overtly stated, mm-hmm. you know, Justice is not totally. only blind, but heartless and mindless. That's, that's, I mean, that's damn near, that's a line of dialogue. That's, you know, <laughs> right there for everyone to hear. You don't really have to dig for that. Yeah. You don't really have to dig for it. Yeah, it's so. laid out pretty clearly, I'd say, with the brain and the heart on the scales. Which yeah. is amazing. Whoever comes up with this stuff is a twisted genius. You know? Listen, I'm going to take yeah. this time to say on this recording to anybody that's listening to this, if you know anybody involved in set dressing this show or making any of these murder tableaus please send us an email because we really want to talk to them or you <laughs> if it's you mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do a whole people yeah. on the phone who's yeah. the we guy that do made a whole the judge? episode yeah we'll do a whole episode just talking about Hannibal's suit that that one suit from yeah. the court <laughs> that one suit like the, mm-hmm. just that suit that's all we I was yeah. all like, I want to talk to the person who's making these bodies. And Claire's like, what's the guy who made the suit? I did too. Yeah. Listen, I'll talk to anybody and everybody. Same. Oh my goodness. Because y'all made something gorgeous. real magical here. <laughs> and I love everything that you said about these about these two corpses, Justin. It is so on point. And the repetition is like, I feel like. I, I felt that, but I didn't really put it together until you just described it that way. So you're a smart person. Well, I should say right now, <laughs> you've sort of just cleared me because I feel that way all the time. You guys are constantly saying things that I had not considered 
And so I am definitely a member of this mutual admiration society we have going on here called Popsicle. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Amazing. Yay. So uh, since we're running a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, oh, I did. I did have I, a comment about the oh, corpse, if I may. Oh, please. If please. I may. If I may. Um, Sorry, Phil. I, well, first of all, I don't I don't know that it's not Hannibal who didn't kill the bailiff at this point. It's only so now I guess I don't know if that was a spoiler or not. Uh, well, I, uh, I I'll say this. Watching the show mm -hmm. and I I buy Hannibal's um surprise that you, yeah. I made the whole cat walking across the chessboard thing. Sure, sure. No, yeah, yeah, I, I get all that. I get all that. I just wasn't uh, after watching this episode, I wasn't sure who killed the bailiff. So here are some of the clues that like made me think, even on the first watch, uh -huh. um, that made me think that Hannibal was not responsible for the bailiff killing. Um, I mean, when I first saw the ear, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. But at the mm -hmm. same time, if you notice the envelope that the ear is delivered in, the handwriting is like really sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Love um, it. Love it. And then of course, like once we get to the, it's, it's all kind of sloppy. Like it's all really clunky. Mm -hmm. Everything that with sure. the bailiff, everything related there is, it doesn't have the level of elegance or sophistication that Hannibal kill has. Yeah. Um, and then of course, it's a when trip wire like, for me. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I was just about to oh, say yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm. it's like on top and yeah, the trip wire comes along and that doesn't seem like Hannibal at all. And then of course, when they're like, oh, he was his, the cause of death for the bailiff was a bullet. Like, you know, when mm. Will is reenacting and let's also remember Will never, whenever he's doing his visions, he doesn't see Hannibal. Like he, right. that's not happened before where he's like, oh, I see that this is Hannibal. Like I'm right stepping into Hannibal's space here. And so I think that's another detail is that it's like he does his vision. Um, and and so Hannibal's a separate, kind of like, Hannibal's a yeah. separate entity in the vision. Yeah. And then yeah. And yeah. in that vision, he, you know, he, you know, looking at the reports can see that there, that the, he was killed with a gunshot and it's like, that's. And killed that's by Hannibal someone he thought all. of as a friend. Yeah. That was the other. Which is yeah. also not it's hard to imagine that that would be Hannibal, you know? Right, right. Um, oh, yes, now, all, all fair points, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, my first, upon my first viewing, I did not immediately realize that the judge was killed by Hannibal. Mm -hmm. Like, I came to that later, and I was like, uh, you know, like, I hadn't fully married exactly, look, the Ravenstag is always Hannibal, and it's always Will right. realizing it's Hannibal, and that's... Right you know, how the show tells us these things, you know? Um, I just, I, I so, thought it was uh, interesting to bring up based on kind of what we've been talking about. Uh, and I wanted to see, hear your guys' point of view about that. Yeah. Um, the other thing was yeah, though, yeah. is that, you know, we're talking about the, the justice system and everything. Like the decision mm -hmm. he made makes, the judge made makes perfect sense. Like there's nothing wrong with the decision he made as far as a courtroom trial goes. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see that this statement is being made by Hannibal, who is just butthurt. If that makes sense. Like uh, I think that underscores yeah. that it's yeah. an emotional killing. Yeah, exactly. Far like, more than like, like you know, but Hannibal kills like, when he's offended. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He kills yeah. people who offend him. Right. I, I just like that and, the statement is kind of the the in, inversion of what it actually is going on. It's not really 
about yeah. justice. Mm-hmm. It's not really about anything. That, that's all I wanted to say. That's all I wanted to add to the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Very short, very brief. I love it. No, I completely, I totally agree with that. But can we also, before we move on from the testimony and we do a couple of takes, because I feel like we all have a couple. <laughs> we just talk a minute about the image of the stag man in the suit. Oh, terrifying, <sighs> terrifying. I you just that was going to be my hot take. You just cleared no. me hard <laughs> okay, on that forget one. Forget I said it. Phil, cut that out. That's right. <laughs> we're all going to go like round robin getting cleared on this episode. I'm sure of it. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. I do have all to right. say that I literally made my wife come look at Antler Man in a suit. He's not good. You know like you know and she she does not yeah. watch Hannibal she is not down with that show and she was like see this is just creepy for no reason and she was like you know <laughs> well and and again testimony to Hugh Dancy's acting the way he cannot quite look at him like he no. you see the stagman in the suit and then it cuts to Will and he kind of looks at it and he's just like nope can't look at him I can't mm. yeah I wouldn't want to and you know Hannibal that. sees that look you know Hannibal sees that look on his face. So is Hannibal really butthurt over the judge so much, or is a lot of that displaced, you know, rejection, Ooh, emotion? I like that, Claire. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I really Claire, like that. Bring it, bring it yeah. to the hole. Nice. <laughs> wow. That just, just occurred she to me right then. She even did a little victory dance on that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, she did a little I shimmy. Only, <laughs> I only got here shimmy. because of... I only got there because of Justin and Lisa and all of the other things that we've said about it. <laughs> I just thought of that. Anyway. Yeah. She's just peeling the onion right down to the center, mm. just all the way in there. Um, okay. <laughs> One of my hot takes was um, less of a hot take and more of just an appreciation of Rower doing the testimony exercise with Alana and saying that she was going to look like she's no, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh yeah, into the courtroom. That was amazing. Yeah, that was such a great line. I screamed. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Sean Doyle as Leonard. Is it Brower or Browner? I thought it was Browner, but it's whatever. Brower, Browner, whatever. Wow. I'll (laughs) say on this, and I mean, my recommendation is going to be kind of based on him, but um, because I've watched this. This is my, like I say all the time, it's my third watch through. This is the Mm -hmm. first time I've really like, wow, appreciated Sean Doyle's character. It is like, he comes on and he is just so fucking great as a character Mm -hmm. from the get-go. Like the way he so casually dumps the ear. (laughs) It's like, oh, must've gotten your mail. (laughs) <laughs> like no like no screaming or ah he's just nope. like cool as a cucumber <laughs> well what that's fuck? that and when he's talking to will about how it's like oh it's not about like you know law is basically just advertising and yeah. like will's all offended at that <laughs> but yeah. then he's like well i'm it's like i can it's it's how i sell you to people it's it's unconsciousness wrapped in a pretty package. And I was like, holy shit, dude. I am obsessed. <laughs> totally. It's like you know, he cuts through, because Will, you know, when Will is, he's like, it's trivializing, it's vulgar. And Will yeah. is Will is tapping into his inner Hannibal there because he's being so mm-hmm. hoity-toity and high and mighty, totally. mm-hmm. you know? And like <laughs> Browner, because I keep wanting to call him Aaron Wright, 
Aaron Rodgers just <laughs> yeah. cuts through the bullshit. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like, you forget that the goal is to get you off. The goal mm-hmm. is not to make you feel good. The goal <laughs> is to get is to get get you off. Hashtag giggity. You know, raises an eyebrow. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the best, the best is yeah. Freddie Lowndes being all like, "I swear to tell the truth," and I'm like, "Okay, girl." <laughs> and then him being all like, um, "How many times have you been sued for libel?" <laughs> He was Sorry. he was on point. He yeah, was he and he's really shown was. because he wasn't he didn't have that sort of I mean, don't get me wrong, that line about stepping in young adult is super clever, but yeah. he's not like poetic and you know swooping with his no. dialogue or his demeanor. And it works perfectly. It's just yeah. perfect. Yeah. What does Jack um, Crawford drink? Because I gotta send him an expensive bottle. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know we didn't really touch on Jack a whole lot, but Jack doesn't Jack isn't doing a whole lot in this episode, aside from, you know, hoisting himself by his own petard, really, if we're gonna if we want to go back to the <laughs> there reference. Was, I of actually what's going I don't on. do this very often, but I did a, a, for Jack, I did write down one of his lines that oh, what is it? struck me. My instincts have not yet evolved to conviction before he testifies mm-hmm. and he's talking to Katie outside the courtroom, I was like, that's a, that's a good line. I really appreciated that line and it's yeah. delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Was, oh. was he on the stand in this episode? Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his moment on the stand mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, great, it was. Great, great. Lawrence great Fishburne, moment. y'all. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> My- Even- <laughs> Nobody can sit and look at crime scene photos of a dead body and drink you know, scotch or whatever it was he has in his, his glass, the way Lawrence Fishburne can. I mean, that is just a, yeah. It's all yeah. So Lawrence Fishburne is a hot take. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my one hot take is just the, how they embrace the film noir elements to help continue telling the storyline, mostly in the costuming, which we've already talked oh, yeah. about. Yeah, it's I like thought big, about big, big I thought about noir. you, Phil, when Freddie yeah. Lowndes walked in. I was and like, I thought about your whole like, yeah. oh, it's so noir, and yeah. yeah, especially like when she turns her head and her whole yes. face is in the shadow of the hat. I yeah. I wanted to hug the show. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> I wanted to hug the show and be like, that's my double indemnity right there. That's, yes, that's, it was that's, very yeah. double that's indemnity. Every, that's everything. Nice. Um, but yeah. Beautiful. Well, from there, we will move on to. Our recommendation for this episode. Lisa's going to take us there. Lisa, what do you got? (laughs) All right. Well, obviously, um, this particular episode puts me into the legal thriller mindset. Ooh. Mm. (laughs) And um, (laughs) like I said, I I loved Sean Doyle's, um, you know, slick defense attorney character um and it put me in mind of like yeah one of one of my personal favorite legal thrillers primal fear um it's i mean for anybody unfamiliar it's um like it's ed norton's like one of his very first movies first um yeah yeah and he plays breakout for sure yeah he plays this like stuttering choir boy who's like um on trial for the murder of this archbishop in Chicago and Richard Gere before he ever played Billy Flynn (laughs) plays this version of a slick defense attorney who takes on this case and um 
it's just a fantastic movie. It's thrills, chills, drama, what a ride. The cast is absolutely incredible. Um, Cause not only do you have Richard Gere and Ed Norton, you have um, Laura Linney is in it. Oh. Alfre Woodard is in it. Um, Andre fucking Brower is in it. It's oh, Francis McDormand, national oh, treasure. Man. Like, oh, I mean, come on. treasure. Yeah. Um, this is a great movie. If you like legal thrillers and really who doesn't. <laughs> who doesn't also starring yeah. Ed Give Norton, who is a part of Hannibal Cannon. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Will yes. Graham from another mother. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that feels. I'm, otherwise, that feels we're right. like Will Graham from another ham, and that just doesn't. Another <laughs> ham. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. So, um, Primal Fear, everybody. That's my recommendation. That's great, and, and Pelican Brief. Really. <laughs> I take no responsibility for Pelican Brief. <laughs> hey, Julie Roberts, very good. Richard Gere, just yeah. saying. Other yeah. one, you'll have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 can I say something? And I might edit this out because it might be Please. a little, little overall. Uh, you guys always react to the double entendres like hilariously, and it's amazing. <laughs> None of you caught Justin saying when Will pegs Hannibal. <laughs> and I was like, why did nobody pick up on that? Because that is the most. You know why we didn't pick up wow. on that? Do you know why we didn't pick up on that? Why is that? Because everyone knows that Hannibal's going to be the one doing the pick. Oh, that's <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we talked oh, about my God. I wasn't so going to be able to say it as eloquently <laughs> as Justin just did. Yeah. But I did already mention one time in this episode that Hannibal is a penetrating force. That is right. Yes. Oh, yes. I, and I noted when you said I let penetrating, penetrating force. And, re and receptive force. I let that, you know, I let that yes. go. I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It's just, oh you know, at a certain point, it just is, it's too easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're essentially becoming RuPaul's Drag Race, but for Hannibal. So. For Hannibal. I mean, Amazing. it's almost, we're getting to the point where it's just single entendres. <laughs> <laughs> they're just entendres. Yeah, they're just entendres now. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that you brought that up, Phil. Don't edit that out. I won't. No, I won't. No. Um, and luckily, it's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Um <clears throat> That brings us to a close on this highly sophisticatedly hosted episode by me. Um, okay, so you can listen to our other podcast, the Fanbase Weekly on Spotify, Apple, and where all podcasts are found. Please subscribe and give us a follow for Popsicle Pod on all social media platforms and sign up for our very free newsletter that we do send at popsiclepod.com. That's P-O-P-S-K-L pod also check out our new ongoing series that episode was in which we recently discussed why the last man and will now be discussing ba, 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 the newest and final season of the expanse uh until next time happy hunting This has been a Popsicle podcast production.